We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com hey, that's good no space will continuously be a waste of time Con- confirmed What's up, everybody? A little, little hot takes before the show that had nothing to do with golf. That's how you know it's going to be a good show here at Stochastic PGA DFS Strategy Show presented by Prize Picks. The regular season might be over, but that doesn't matter because the PGA season rolls on. And now we get playoff mode FedEx St. Jude Championship. I am Ben Reza. I am joined by my main man, Eric Linquist, here to break down the 125-man field that is dwindling each and every day with a couple people dropping out. It's playoff time. We saw some drama last week that we'll get to, but how do you feel heading into the FedEx Cup? Uh, I feel good. Uh, Last week ended up being slightly profitable, which is crazy because I think I ended up on like 7% Sungjae. We talked about him. Uh, That was a fantastic call by you. Fantastic call by the field for sure, but massively overweight. Tom Kim, that could not have gone any better. He was my highest owned golfer. I wish I had gotten paid off more on it because I felt like there were a lot of pieces you still needed to find at the top of the boards. Showdown did not treat me very nicely, that's for sure, even though I felt like I was way over on Tom, even at his high ownership everywhere. Just kind of repeats that you still got to get the other pieces right. And, uh, you know, I think that's really what this this playoff series has always come down to is finding not always who's going to be just outwardly winning the tournament, but who are the guys who are going to put up lots of placement points on a water-filled golf course that we have this week? Yeah, certainly, particularly in the last couple of weeks, that's been even more important because of the birdie fest nature. We won't have that to the same extent, but there's no doubt about it. And yeah, Tom Kim, uh, you know, he gained 12 strokes putting. He's a really good player. When you get really good players gaining strokes like that, you should be winning tournaments. So we're going to be seeing a lot of him uh, in the future. I think there's no doubt. And I'll give credit to our chat. First time I ever heard his name was in this very chat on this very mm-hmm. show. Uh, and that's why tuning in is an awesome time for all of us. And if you are tuning in, hit the like button, subscribe to this channel where you are growing every day. Want to keep that going. But let's talk a little about the win. I know we just got into it a bit. I don't have much else to say. I thought that the the absurdity of the minus one cut was something that we rarely, if ever, see. Of course, HV3 had the three putt to fully coffin Man. himself on Friday, but just seeing that drama felt bad for Smotherman, but all in all, that is the beauty of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, I felt bad for Loward. You saw him three yeah. putt on 18 to fall to 127. Unfortunately, it brings Ricky Fowler back into your life for this That's week. That's even worse. So, I yeah. know. So, like, legitimately, you feel bad for him, and then you feel bad for yourself back-to-back. But uh, Not in that order yet. I feel worse for me, but yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, Ricky Fowler, his life is made, no matter what, off of spa- uh, sponsors. That changes Lauer's entire complexion of next year. Goes from being a, a guy with fully exempt status anytime there's 125 to now you have Corn Ferry as your primary tour. I mean, it is such an unbelievable thing to to watch as people's lives are changed and it's not just you know for that friday it's it's for that sunday that we saw as well i think this week everybody feels it, it's an emotional free roll if you will like everybody knows where they're going to primarily be playing next season that yeah. is a huge relief a huge weight off your shoulders i think it frees you up at the bottom of the board to take some shots maybe more so than normal i mean the best players are the best players we always talk about the incentives it's hard to say oh well you know, uh, he's going to try harder this week. Uh, that's not the case. But I do think that it brings uh, a free roll nature for some of those guys at the bottom end who are just, hey, if I can jump in the top 80 or top 70. Yeah, sounds great. I'm going to try to do it. We're about to dive in, of course, but I do have a qu- just a general question for you. And chat. feel free to chime in, too, about this. I was wondering about this. So 
say a guy like Justin Lower, 127th, right? Mm-hmm. So he misses by two. What happens if two people go to live? Does he get in now, or is it just like 123 people have status? Well, here's the thing. There's there's two major things at play from what I've read, and I went on a deep dive two days ago because everybody knows how much I hate live, and you know this lawsuit was just absurd. But if you haven't teed up yet, so Bubba Watson is technically in the 125, and because of that, Lauer, whoever, Lauer ended up 127, but somebody ended up at 126, and they were talking about how absurd it is just because Bubba Watson hasn't officially teed it up in a live event yet, even though he's said that he's playing there, even though live introduced him, it still counts Bubba Watson in that 125. So it's a huge bummer to everybody, especially that that back tier, because if Bubba Watson hits one golf shot at live, that number jumps up one. You you get your entire life changed uh, compared to what you were going to have. And then uh, for the top 125, they've always done it where, because there's three players that aren't playing this week. We have 122. You have guys that uh, were technically in the 150 that are either injured. We saw a withdrawal. We saw a couple of other things. But you basically don't get to just move that inside because it's based off qualification points. They don't want to give somebody a card as a result of it. They don't want to give somebody extra status because of it. It's just a huge bummer. It's a lot of nuances on the back end of it. But the way I look at it is it's like being the 12th player on the end of an NBA bench. Like, can you really be upset if you got cut at that point? Like the top players are still going to jump into that top hundred every single year, time in time out. And it kind of gets cyclical on the back end. It's going to be very interesting. Of course, that's something that we'll monitor in the future of things. I don't know exactly how I feel, and I I honestly don't really understand all of it, but we'll see as the field dwindles and as more guys go to live. But let's turn the page and start talking this week, and let's start with prize picks because they are powering the show. They've been doing it all year. Daily prop-based concepts over there. A lot of money to be made, not just with the promo code, but let's start there. We'll match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code AWESOMO. Go over there and sign up. Use the link in the description or just go to prizepicks.com, download the app, you're talking about going over or under certain categories, whether it's birdies or better, fairways gain, things like that. I really like some of the things you can attack over there. We've had a lot of success. You've spearheaded that. We get all the big names. Do you like when we have, you know, the elites to choose from, or do you like it more where it's, you know, a Jason Duffner versus a Dirt McGirt? Uh, like a Ricky Fowler versus Kramer Hickok that you get yeah, in that, birdies or better? The of the elites, like I said. <laughs> It's beautiful. Uh, JT Poston going up against Sebastian Munoz. Birdies are better matchup. Give me all the JT Poston and all the land on Bermuda here. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, I think he sent a lot of people to the depths missing the cut last week. Uh, That's kind of a bummer. So there you go. But uh, that seems to be one that sticks out quite a bit for me. And then Sahit Figala going up against Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira. There are some putting woes and we saw them on like he overcame them on the corn Ferry tour. Obviously he made the run at the PGA, but uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that the I mean, if you just look at terms of DK scoring, it's a one round event and anything can kind of happen. But I think based off of what we've seen over the last month and a half, two months, the over Mito Pereira feels like one of the easier plays on the board for me. It's going to be very, very interesting. And certainly we will have some prize picks content out breaking this all down on the odd chopper youtube which again i i think you guys know this if you want betting takes go to odd chopper youtube that is where you want to be you'll see both of us plenty but it's time to talk about the fedex saint jude championship the interesting thing about this tournament so we've seen it just not in this iteration we've seen tpc Southwind. we've seen the elites take on the course We've seen a non-cut, though. We saw the WGC here a lot, and now it's not that. Do you take anything away from that, or you just kind of say, like, okay, we, we've seen this course year after year, and the course isn't going to be any different just because the format is different? Yeah, I take away that I wish Live had happened last year because I would have won all the money, and Abraham Answer wouldn't have been in, in, in Sam Burns' way. That's for sure. So I, I take that away from it, but uh, otherwise... I mean, this is just a fun golf course to be watching. We've seen it, as you said, for a long time, TPC Southwind. And uh, there are some birdie opportunities. I, I think the the finishing stretch of this golf course is just awesome. You get 16, a uh, very birdieable par five. You can make some eagles out there too. 17, 18 coming down the stretch that we saw in the playoff uh, last year. 
I just think it's a phenomenal golf course and uh, comes down to a lot of iron play here. Oh, again, uh, I, I definitely want to be looking at Bermuda splits again here, but uh, I just think it's awesome to have the top end of the field here at this golf course. That's, that's really the other part of it is like with everything going on with live on the other side, how can you not love looking at just a fully stacked field here at this golf course? It's great. We, we get everyone in. Uh, it's a challenge. It's a different test. So this is one thing where this part of the season, recent form gets a little tricky because some guys recent form is the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, mm-hmm. uh, the Travelers. And then other guys recent form is the Barbasol, Wyndham, the 3M, the Rocket Mortgage. And those guys most likely or are towards the back of the pack in terms of where they stand in the top 125. The elites haven't been playing. So I think it's a really interesting dynamic when you get to a course like this, because I think it's going to play pretty tough, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough, but it's also going to be a spot where, I mean, because of the quality of the field that we have here, too, you have to still take into consideration some type of DK scoring. Like there's so many guys, Rory, Scheffler, Shoffley, uh, Cam Smith, just going down the line from these 10K guys. They can all just light up any golf course on any given week. And, you know, there's also going to be some doubles made along the way. That's the nature of having water on however, 18 of 18. It's not that, but it seems like it's around every single bend on this track. There's trouble to be had. There's going to be some DK scoring that comes into it, too. I, I Of course, you're going to need to find yourself the winner. You're going to need to find yourself some guys who just kind of get there in terms of top fives. But there's going to be like a, a John Rom or a Justin Thomas or somebody who just make such a boatload of birdies, but have the others that come along for the ride. I think that's what really kind of makes this unique is just having such a strong field that that stuff is going to happen. Yeah, there's no doubt that this course is one of those where if you make mistakes, you're going to make big mistakes. And it's not one where you're going to see to me like guys just like bogeying the course to death. It'll be blow up holes around a lot of scoring opportunities and, and a Again, in a WGC, you can't get cut. So when guys don't have it, they can make a real mess. Here, that's not the case. But as we said, the field is loaded, and let's dive into it. We've got Rory, we've got Scheffler, we've got Xander, Cam Smith, Cantley, JT, Rom. That's a major level top of the board. It's no different than what we would see uh, at most majors. Rory back on top, probably where he belongs, doing everything except winning, really. He did win in Canada. But how do you look at it when we have so many elite options? Yeah, it's I love the way that they did the the pricing. This is the first time that we've seen what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in the 10K range and putting Rory up top. I just talked about all the scoring and, and everything. I mean, does doesn't Rory just feel like the guy who's immune to wherever he plays golf? It could play tough. It could play easy. It could play in any kind of nature. And you feel like Rory's going to find himself in contention. He's played awesome. And as you said, recent form for him, the open, uh, we just saw him you know, play as well as you could possibly play. Got beat by a Cam Smith putter. Uh, really no question about it. And uh, Scotty Scheffler kind of sitting there next on the board. He's had the best overall season, I think, by anybody uh, in this field. Uh, his best result second now at the U.S. Open over the course of the last two months. Xander Shoffley was like unbelievably high owned. And now we're looking at him at 10-6, not really getting a lot of ownership. And I think that that's kind of where I find it to be pretty interesting. Like Xander is somebody that I feel like we never get the opportunity to roster in like a 10, 15% type range. I think at 10, six, as much as I love Rory at 11 K and as amazing as Scotty Scheffler has been all season, this might be the first time that I prioritize Xander Shoffley in a build all year long. Uh, he was the mega chalk at the open. It was hard to get there for me. This is a completely different situation here, but I find myself gravitating towards Xander. I'm, I'm not sure where you're going. I feel like you're just a Rory Stan through and through. But uh, do you have interest in Xander this week? I mean, I you you already hit the point that I want to make. I, I have interest in Xander. People think that I hate Xander, which isn't true. <laughs> it's that people just love him a lot more than I do on a lot of weeks when Xander's 35% owned. And I come in and I have, you know, if I play, say I play 10 lineups and I have them on two, well, I'm going under the field or something like it, it's it's a little different or a three max. He's always very popular. It doesn't seem like he's going to, it seems like Rory is going to be really popular. It's very early and we'll check the tools of stochastic as the week goes on, but I have, I'm fine with Xander. I think he would be my second preferred option. I think Rory's by far the safest option and the best option, but you're going to be able to get 
two. Cantley's playing great golf too. Everything but winning. I have to ask you though. The I'm not saying he's out of place. I'm not saying he's he's underpriced. But John Rahm being the seventh mm-hmm. most expensive golfer is something we haven't seen for a very long time. And his form has mirrored why that is. He hasn't been great lately. Is it a buy low spot here? The guy's made a double or worse in five straight events of a, gol- a golfer this good. He's got to clean that up. Do you wait and see or do you buy low? Yeah, so I have a sheet. Uh, hang on one second. So Rory McIlroy, six top tens in his last eight events. Yes, if you take the good. Mexico championship off of his board, do you know the last time John Rahm had a top 10? I don't, but it's been quite a while. The farmers January. That's wild. When you think about John Rahm legitimately, he won the Mexico championship. And if anybody remembers that field, like camera champ was involved in the mix, like, come on, stop it. Um, that was not even a real field, but legitimately, doesn't have anything inside of the top 10. He had a 10th in Memorial, but he has not finished inside the top 10 since the Farmers. That is just wild when you think about John Rahm. I'm not sure if I can really land there over the likes of, like, I, I just think Cantley profiles pretty well here. He's a little bit more popular at 10-3. Justin Thomas, I feel just from a scoring perspective, I always get to some JT on a given week, and I don't want to be going so thin. It's really weird to me, and maybe... If we wake up and John Rahm ends up being like six, eight percent, which I doubt, uh, I think people can see that him as the seventh most expensive golfer like that. That is pretty wild the way that you just said that. But I do kind of prefer the form and scoring abilities of other guys around him a little bit more. So, yeah, he's kind of a forgotten guy in my builds. Yeah, he's not going to be forgotten for me. I bet him at 20 to one. I like that number. (laughs) Uh, There's no doubt. I just with these guys, I, I feel like. It's it yes, it hasn't been up to Rom's standards, but when I looked at the numbers, he's still automatic off the tee. His around the green game has been bad. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. But everything else has been fine. He's gonna have to fix the putter at times. It's been hit or miss. Where he's had success, obviously, he's gained strokes putting. Where he had a really bad stretch, unfortunately, was in Florida. That does concern me a little bit because it it's something that I've talked about a little more recently. John Rahm, when you really think about it, he doesn't play a lot of golf in Florida at all. Mm-hmm. And that worries me just a little bit more with the Bermuda side of things. Like he he's not a regular at API at Valspar at the Honda. We we haven't seen that. And when he's played at the players, it hasn't been great, particularly on the greens. Uh, so I worry a little about that. I still like him. Uh, he balance builds, second man in, sign me up. Last guy, we haven't mentioned him. He's going to be live bound at some point, but he's not live bound today. Oh, no. Are you going to play Cam Smith? <sighs> kind of have to, don't you? You have to get to a little bit. This is just, I mean, we're talking Bermuda. If you just group by Bermuda greens, I mean, the guy, if you group by anything, uh, Cam Smith's going to look pretty good over the course of this season. True. But second in strokes gained putting on Bermuda surfaces over his last 25, 50 and 100 round sample sizes. I mean, it's just kind of proven that it's not such an outlier from time to time. I do think that there's a guy cheaper uh, below 10K that I want to get you a lot more. And I think that they actually make kind of a nice pairing together because, I mean, his improved driving stuff, whatever. Cam Smith, you can't tell me that what we've seen, he he can go out and just win golf tournaments with the flat stick. And uh, just with some of his numbers with Bermuda, it's really hard to overlook him as an option this week. I mean, if you told me you wanted to go to Cam Smith, I wouldn't push back, but you can't get overweight on all of these guys. And something has to give Cam Smith will probably be left behind for me. Just prefer the guys right next to him. And Patrick Cantlay, I get Xander, Rory, Rom, even G like, I just, they're all such good golfers ownership in the tools, the leverage tool in particular will play a big role, but I don't anticipate having a ton of Cam Smith. You alluded that maybe some of the guys in the next range you like even more, whether that's Fitzy, Finau, who's on fire, Wilsey, Cam Young, Spieth, and Hovland, who's kind of been forgotten, popped up at the open. How do you go about this? Uh, again, this is a major level field. These are all elite players. Yeah, it's Matthew Fitzpatrick for me. Um, what we've seen from his driving capabilities over the course of the last six months, he's a different golfer because he already did everything else well. He was always good around the green. He was always a guy who could spike massive weeks the, with the putter. Uh, the only time that we've seen any kind of a blemish was at Memorial. He lost 7.6 strokes game putting. Uh, I, I think that's just such a blip on the radar for him. It's not even funny. And 
now you get to uh, you get to Bermuda here again. It's it's just one of those things where I look at like the Sam Burns, the the kind of grouping. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, fifth in strokes game putting over his last 50 rounds in this field amongst the best players in the world. Uh, putting on Bermuda surfaces. So like Matthew Fitzpatrick with his driving ability, he's gained 15, 10, 15 yards off the tee. He already was accurate. Now you bring that along for the ride. Six, his last six tournaments with strokes gained data. He's been more than a stroke off the tee positive. So like if he's going to continue to do that, he's been positive with the irons in every single tournament in 2022, which is unbelievable to say out loud. I don't know how you just don't click on a ton of Matt Fitzpatrick this week. That's going to be one of my big stands uh, more so than anybody else. I think Matthew Fitzpatrick more than likely ends up my highest on golfer this week. When you anticipate your lineups, do you think that Matthew Fitzpatrick is going to be the first man? In, uh, apparently the whole family is on Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> Duke, Duke mean, wanted to let you know. He knows. He approves. Yeah. He approves. Do you think more often than not, you're going balanced and Fitzy's your first man in, or do you see him and Xander combos, him and Rory combos, him and JT combos? Yeah, I think you're naturally going to get to a couple of those combos. We don't know about the weather here yet. I, I might land on some of these tea time stacks. I mean, uh, the first one that caught my eye just didn't try to get super different was Rory and Xander. Uh, might try to go some of those paths. But for these morning times, you get JT Fitzy, you get Cameron Smith and Fitzy. I think that Cam Smith Fitzy is something that I might do quite a bit. Uh, that looks like the route I'll go for my single entry, unless weather dictates I do something else differently. But I just think regardless of the draw, regardless of anything else, Matthew Fitzpatrick, with this ability that he's found to be able to just hit it further, he's a he is as well-rounded as of a golfer as you're going to find He's got the the current form. He's got the the capability to spike massive weeks with the putter. I mean, these all of these guys have that kind of capability here at the top end. But I'm only paying 9,800 for him, so uh, I could see myself landing on quite a few where he's the first guy in. But more than likely, Cam Smith fits. He's going to be the path that I take as of right now. Yeah, I'm with you. In the I'd like to get someone above him. It won't be Cam Smith, but I like that the way that build looks. It's going, if you go that route, most likely create a dead range from Finau down to Hovland. Are you okay with that? Is this a range that you say, you know what, again, it goes without saying these are elite players, but I'm not immediately drawn to the young guns and Will Z and Cam Young. I yeah. worry about Hovland's chipping, things like that. Yeah, well, Hovland chipping on Bermuda grass too. Like, I... Yeah. That's a, that's a kind of a, if anybody remembers the tiger chip yet kind of situation, I mean, that just comes from incapability to, to find the bottom end of the bounce with the club and, and truly find that to be like a repeatable motion. And it gets accentuated on Bermuda grass. It is by far uh, just from a playing golf perspective. If you ask just about anybody else, what is the hardest surface to go out and chip on? You're going to pick Bermuda grass because you have to worry about grain. You have to worry about the way that it's it's coming in in certain situations where if it's going against you, you have to kind of uh, get get the ball first. And if you don't, you are hitting the ball a foot like you are just going to stub it. And it feels like just a, a spot for me to get off of Victor Hovland immediately. Can he go out and hit 16, 17 greens and find ways to be successful that way? Sure. But I think that there's going to be enough guys who can hit 14 and still make more putts than him. Uh, I'm probably going to be off on him. Jordan Spieth, I'm never really there. The tough fade for me in this range is going to be Will Zalatoris. Uh, yeah. We've seen him play so, so well. Um, he puts himself in contention. I mean, a second at the U.S. Open, fifth Memorial, second PGA, sixth at the Masters. These are just big-time tournaments. Doesn't seem like he gets up for the Wyndham or the Rocket Mortgage or anything else. But come playoff time, I, I feel like this is more than your average PGA golf tournament. Like these are these playoff series matter a little bit more. I can't have room for everybody, but I feel like he just kind of falls by the wayside. I'm not sure what to do with him yet. I'm curious where you're going to be landing on him. Yeah. I mean, Will Z's not been a struggle in the sense that he's crushed me, but I, I just haven't really gotten them in a lot of situations. I'm a lot closer this week. I don't like the price, but if the ownership ownership dictates uh medium to low ownership, I'll probably be there. He's just a guy that, you know, he's done everything but win. And the ball striking numbers have been good. He actually lost strokes off the tee at, at Wyndham, which is the outlier of all outliers. Everything else looks pretty good. Hovland, 
I get it. I mean, I, I think that you're he's to me a better bet, because if you think that he can just overcome that, just up the variance and bet him, because mm-hmm. looking at his strokes gained on Bermuda surfaces around the green, it's a disaster. He's played this event twice, lost around the green in both. When he plays API, he struggles. The players, all of these type of scenarios really paint a tough picture. He can mask it because he's so good uh, at times with with his irons and with his off the tee game. But you're just putting a lot of pressure on it. So for this range, I think Will Z is my favorite and Spieth would be second, but that's more by default. And that is why I'm so keen to double up with two from Fitzpatrick to the top. All right. All right. I that. So you want Fitzy with me at least. Wow. Yes. I like Fitzy with you. You you okay. were, you were uh, in a robot voice there. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Uh, I guess I'm coming down from space. Your favorite place, I believe. Space, yes. Good, good times with space. I'm going to take all my winnings and donate it to NASA. Why not? Uh, Colin Morikawa. There was a time when Colin Morikawa would be in the tens, possibly the highest priced golfer. And now he's 8,700. He feels forgotten and his resume stacks up immaculate you you mentioned the struggles of john rom colin morikawa has been struggling a lot too but again this is where i want to reference recent form he's been struggling in the open in the scottish open and the memorial and he played well at the u.s open he's not playing in the you know barracuda the barbasol these made-up events do you worry about where he's at or is this a buy low at 87 no i can't do it uh putter Putter is a real problem right now. Yes, We're looking at the last six tournament strokes gained data. He just hasn't really been competent in that regard. And the U.S. Open and the Masters, we don't have any strokes gained data. Uh, obviously, you get some more familiarity with the Masters as you play it year in, year out. Um, he just is kind of competent. I'm pretty sure if we were to go look at that, uh, it's an iron golf course. It's a second shot golf course. The the tee boxes uh, just teeing off out there, pretty forgiving. Uh, pretty large fairways compared to what people would think. Uh, it is definitely a second shot golf course, so it's no surprise he played well at the Masters. U.S. Open, it doesn't surprise me that on a golf course where, uh, you know, you saw Fitzy play well, he also played well here, but the putter is just broken. And on a golf course, you said it's going to play a little bit more difficult, but I still think that there's somebody who's going to put up 15 under out there. And I can't really see him being a guy that, unless he gets really hot with that club, can really get there. Because there are some small blemishes from time to time. It's never with the irons, but it can be around the green. It can be off the tee sometimes. Uh, feels like he's just a guy that I'm not going to get to whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, again, as we work down, the nice thing, of course, is that he's not going to be leading your teams. You're not going to start with Morikawa. And I get it. You got your boy Sam Burns right below him. Sunjay, Decky, Lowry, Billy Ho, Neiman, and Tom Kim. Uh kind of an interesting range when you really break it down you've got some guys who probably are are banging on recent form to get them there and then guys in the buy low spot like Morikawa I think I'm more drawn to the middle of the range with Sanjay and Lowry and Decky but it's not my favorite range uh on the board uh it's mine uh Burns and Hideki yo how you doing uh Hideki Matsuyama part of the beauty of him is that he just spikes winning weeks top fives Zozo winner Sony Open winner AT&T Byron Nelson third, which that feel was a lot better than people would normally see uh, for the AT&T Byron Nelson year in, year out. And then fourth at the U.S. Open, as you said, the Open and Scottish Open, you take those off the board and the year looks a little bit different. That's not the kind of golf course you're going to be faced with this week. Comes off of last year, a second in this event, lost in that playoff. It was Sam Burns, him, and Abraham Answer, who I just hate so much. Um, Cost me so much money. I just That's all I can remember with this golf tournament, but... I'm absolutely in on Sam Burns going this direction. Um, He's going to be really, really highly owned. I don't know why his price is 8,600 for a guy who's a four-time winner this season. That makes no damn sense to me. Um, But I don't know. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I mean, Sam Burns, I'm okay with it. Bermuda splits. If it's calm, if it doesn't look bad. I didn't like the stretch of golf for him recently, and I was paid off on that from the Travelers to Genesis to the Open. Thanks I don't for think reminding that's... me. Thanks. Hey, I, I believe me. I, I've been burned <laughs> by Sam Burns more than most. 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday new on curiosity stream i'm james burke i'm going to take you on a journey through time james burke's visionary series returns reimagined for our time now this is all uncharted territory the washington post hails burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the western world the new york times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another where do we want to go from here experience all new connections so what's the next connection with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com he's an elite putter like when he mm -hmm. has success he's gaining five six seven strokes and obviously we know we can get dialed in with the irons think the price is fair. I definitely prefer Decky, Lowry, and Sanjay over him. Jane Lowry in particular, though, is an interesting, you know, Wyndham, it was just a mess, lost seven and a half strokes putting. I, I don't know where we go from here, to be honest, but I, I have a feeling that if the ownership dictates it, he could be in a nice little spot in a major level field like this. Yeah, 8,300. I mean, we've been paying... More than that at times for for Shane Lowry this season. And I think he really does stand out kind of in this range. Uh, you write off the Wyndham, whatever, didn't play very well there. He didn't have his clubs for three days. He didn't have it till Wednesday. Uh, did that affect him? I, I don't really know. But I just know when you talk about the level, like being able to just destroy the range or being able to like compete with some of these 10K guys, I want to be very particular. And that's where... You know, I think Sam Burns for me, where I can, I know he can come out of this range and still find a way to win because he's proven to be able to do that before. Sung JM, I'm actually in on this week. I don't know why my brain didn't allow for me to get, go that direction. The 3M didn't feel like a very good comp coming into the window. Well, pff, T2, T2 looks pretty good to me in that regard. And Shay Lowry just kind of comes along for the ride. This 8K range, I mean, if I am going to be starting a lot of builds here, I'm going to be getting two of those guys alongside some Matthew Fitzpatrick, and it shouldn't be too difficult to pull off. No, it's definitely going to be doable in terms of line of construction. And then it's just a matter of what happens with the remaining three. Billy Ho, Joaquin Neiman, who we haven't heard much from, and then, of course, last week's winner in Kim. You know, Billy Ho is going to do what he does. He, he gains on Bermuda. He loves all these events. I don't think he's a particularly good player in relation to the rest of the range. But at the same time, I, I get some merit in a GPP portfolio because the guy on Bermuda Greens is very, very dangerous. Yeah, and he's gone out and won against difficult fields here. The first at the Memorial, second at the Arnold Palmer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, there is some Bermuda uh, situation there as well. A preferred surface, college surface, uh, 15 years or whatever. He lives in Florida. I mean, it makes complete sense that Pilio is a guy you could get to. But do I want to play him over Shane Lowry? No. Do I want to play him over Hideki? No. Sung JM? No. Sam Burns? No. So it's kind of a victim of the range. It's kind of the same way I feel about Will Zalatoris, where it's like, well, I want to play Fitzy. I want to just play all the Fitzy and all the land. And I, I don't really have any allocation to the rest of the 9K range. And then for this one, it's like, I want to play everybody else in the 8K range besides him. So uh, it would make sense on other weeks. I can't really do it here, though. Neiman is the one that I'm struggling with the most just because he's been in this kind of limbo range of he's not, you know, he's not playing awful, but at the same time, he has not really progressing uh, either. You know, he, he made the cut in all the majors, but he didn't have anything in the top 20. He, he's gaining moderately with the irons. The around the green game has improved. The off the tee game is always strong. I'm just not sure where the game is at. I'm okay with it if I land there, but I'll be honest. I'll try to find 200, 300, $400 so I can go to the mid range eights before I click uh, either him or Billy Hell. You know, what's weird is I always, maybe I just had like a natural bias where it was like, oh, I want to play Joaquin and scoring shootouts. I don't think that's really the case anymore. Like a sixth at the farmers first at the Genesis third at the Memorial. I mean, these are just difficult golf courses that he plays a little bit better. I don't know. I feel like more so this falls in that middle range where I could see it going lower than you do. You could see it playing difficult. I think it really just comes down to if there's wind or not, because there's going to be guys who put it in play off the tee and they're just going to have scoring clubs in their hands all day. 
Joaquin Neiman, I feel like the irons are so sporadic at times. I mean, we've seen him gain seven at times. We've seen him be negative in three of his last seven events. Well, actually, no, four of his last seven events with the irons. The around the green game feels like it's been lacking of late. The putter is back and forth. He's just a tough guy to get a gauge on. For me, he becomes like an ownership guy where if he's going to be 15%, I just have to say no thank you. If we see that drop and go towards somebody else in the middle of that range and he falls around like eight, 10%, maybe that's kind of an easy play to get over the field on. But as it stands right now, I think he's just kind of eliminated out of my pool too. Fair enough. The last guy we got to talk about him. Oh yeah. Would be Tom Kim. Uh, Chat. I mean, you guys know Tokyo Swan leading that charge. This has been a name that's been thrown out there as possibly someone that we're going to look back on and say, can you believe that he was seven K in any field? Can you believe that he was flat eight in this field as he ascends towards the top, or he could be a guy that we just forget about. Um, I have no idea. He gained 12 and a half strokes putting last week. He's been doing very impressive work everywhere. He's gone. Basically he's answered the call. Does that continue? Or do you say the wind maybe was the one and let's cash in our, our chips here. Yeah. Looking at my allocations from last week, I actually had GT Poston one. Uh, Tom Kim was my second highest owned golfer last week. That was beautiful. I had almost 50% of him across the board in tournaments. I'm going to have 0% this week. Um, We have a drastically different field. We have drastically different circumstances that he's playing golf. Maybe this is something where he emotionally free rolls it, but he's a young 20-year-old who just putted the lights out of it on perfect greens. And these greens should be damn near perfect too. I mean, everywhere these guys go play on tour is incredible, but the caliber of field alone just by just by default, there's no way that I'm going to play a 30% owned 20-year-old golfer who has three. Yeah, he's got three top tens now. Genesis Scottish, Rocket Mortgage, Wyndham. He's been awesome. And he can gain in terms of the approach, which is something that I'm always very keyed in on for these kind of events where if you can get it and play off the tee, but there's a lot of water lurking around the corners, and it only takes one or two bad tee balls, which we saw a number of times last week. He only gained 1.1 off the tee, but there were a number of wayward shots. He kind of got away with, especially on Friday, especially as he got it going uh, again on the restart on Saturday. I just can't play him. I'm going to have 0% of him. I will let 30% of the field play him and I'll just play to 70% of the entire in the entire week. And I'm okay with that this week. Last week, I thought that compared to the rest of the field, he was an exceptional play opposite this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to play him if he's that, <laughs> that popular. That's not even... A- Sorry, I just went on a complete run as if you were going to maybe be like, ah, I could see it. Nope, you're no, with me. Zero. There's nothing to say. He yeah. could be that good. When you gain 12 and a half strokes putting and you come to a course that I don't think anyone should be that popular because there's water and that ups the very... This is like playing in Florida. Exactly. If you're in Florida, it doesn't matter how good you are. Even if this guy is generationally good, I don't think you should play him. Um you want to play him in cash. You want to do some things with him. You want to take not stone zero and be a little more nuanced. All very, very reasonable. Uh, it's not a talent issue. It's a game theory issue. Correct. And I just don't really think that we can confidently say that he's so much better than Joaquin Neiman and Max Homa and Russell Henley and Ty Hatton. You're getting certainly an ownership discount. And in some ways you're getting like one a talent half, disparity. One third. Yeah, they have more experience. They played this golf course before, too. Like, there are a lot of reasons that we should be looking at the rest of this range. And it's not just game theory. It has everything to do with experience. It has everything to do with proven winners time in, time out. I'm just never going to play a guy who's 30% where there are this many unknowns still. And I love him. He was awesome to watch play. Um, you know, I got a small buy-in shout out, Jason Roslin. I'll still give my guy a shout out here. He put me on Tom Kim at the Genesis and then it became just a snowball effect where he seemed to be underowned compared to what he should have been in certain fields. But now is when the table turns and you have to be able to, to turn off anything that you've seen from him of late and not be biased towards it. Because again, he like, what, what would he have to do? Like, what would he have to do for you to feel like you lost this week? I feel like he would have to top 10 for me to feel like I lost. If he's 30% owned and he wins, obviously you're completely done, but I wouldn't feel like I lost. If I click in on Thursday morning and he's 30% owned, he's 35% owned in, in single entries, I 
I don't care what happens. I will confidently take that one to my grave. Uh, now, in reality, what are we looking for for like a break even? Yeah, I think that's about right. There's the opportunity cost of, of what are the guys around him. But if he gives you a top 10, something like that, you're going to feel pretty good if you roster him. And I, I think that's what you're going to do. But you have to separate some of that and know, I mean, if at some point the ownership has to come into play. And I, to me, I wish he was cheaper. Obviously, I know that's not a reality. I wish he was like in the mid sevens uh, and we could 40 percent owned. Good. I, I yeah. wish he was in the sixes. Me too. Put him at the flat min. What do I care? Because uh, it, it's a full <laughs> leverage play. And if he plays full well, minute, hey, 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 full men is a disaster. Don't don't go that, that would be great. I wish he was the what? Full man. why not? I do not I have a 50 percent Tom Kim discussion. And I mean, there are way there are paths for him to finish like top 30, top 40 also get and be cut. optimal. Oh, dude, now now you're getting carried away. Now I have to come back to the defense of my boy because I love this guy. But this is just this is just absurd ownership. And at AK, I'm just not going to do it. No, no, no. I, if you're going to do it, you might as well fully leverage. Why not put them at the min? And just for reference, the books, and that is obviously where I feel strongest. And, and you could shop the number, but I, I just pulled up BetMGM. Top 20 for Tom Kim this week, plus 150. So he is a dog to come in the top 20, according to the books. Unreal. That's all that really needs to so be He's set. the worst play on the slate this week. Sorry, Tokyo yes. Swan. Look, Obviously. and here's uh, I've seen infinity golf in real life. Oh, you've seen infinity golf in real life. Come talk to me about that. Let me know how much golf you've seen in real life compared to me and getting to play against Cantley and Shoffley and getting my ass beat by these dudes. Like uh, I haven't Thigla. seen anything. Okay. I know, but you live like a hermit. So I've seen some shit. Yeah. I've seen a guy quad and then win a tournament. That happens <laughs> to be the same guy we're talking about, but I love what. Tomato, tomato. Let's talk about the rest of the range. We're dipping into the sevens. Hatton, Henley, Homa, Davis Riley, Aaron Wise, Seamus Power, Taylor Pendrith, Corey Connors. I'm not going to bring it back to Tom Kim, but this is a loaded range. I love this range. I anticipate having two or three of these guys in, in some teams. What a Hatton call by you last week. That worked out really nicely for me. Nice. I, he was not on my board at all. You talked me into it and... You know, for him, it just seems like he went over to England and just kind of hit the reset button. And that can be a positive. We saw 5.3 strokes gained approach. He was positive across the board, though. And I think that that goes a little underlooked. Like when you talk about somebody like Tyrrell Hatton, who is so emotional, and now you get him on his preferred Bermuda here at the Wyndham. Uh, we've seen him play well at the Arnold Palmer every single time he plays that event. I just like getting to him on these Bermuda kind of greens where, you know, he was just positive. He, he, I feel like 0.3 strokes game putting was like the floor for him. And he still finished with the top 10. So like he's the automatic buy for me of this range. Uh, pretty easy to land there. Russell Henley is an automatic buy because he's an iron God. Aaron Wise, like this is just another range that, again, if I'm not going to play Tom Kim, it gives me the liberty to play every single one of these guys. Homa, every time, Hen Henley, Hatton. I think this is just a, a fire it all up range. I like it too. I'm going to stick with Ty Hatton. I, again, he's had a lot of success in Florida, Bermuda splits. I liked him at Wyndham. He played really well. Actually, I thought if he putted, he really could have gotten the mix. He gained 0.3 strokes putting mm -hmm. with 5.3 on the approach. And I'll take it even further. The guy who really could have gotten the mix and he was nowhere. 21st at the Wyndham for Corey Connors. Corey Connors was absolutely deadly last week. 8.4 strokes tee to green, minus three with the putter. Now, he is a bad putter, so it's not like, oh, this is Denny McCarthy. How unlucky. That's what you get from Corey Connors. But I mm. still think uh, with that ball striking, we have to consider him here. Yeah, it's the same way that I feel about Keegan Bradley. What if I told you Keegan Bradley was positive with the putter in four of his last five and then just shows up and does his normal ball striking things like right off the Genesis in the open? Once again, you just write off his England trip and yep. his recent form. Looks better than anybody else. Fifth, fifth at the players, Bermuda. Valero, eighth, Bermuda. Second, Wells Fargo, Bermuda. Seventh, U.S. Open, not Bermuda. I feel pretty good about rostering Keegan Bradley, too, this week. It's just a 7K range that's going to get peppered by me. Agree. He's fine if you want to lean on some of the, And the thing about Keegan that's a little tricky is his game is starting to, like, I don't want to say evolve, but some of the things that we've known for a long time are mm -hmm. starting to change. He's not just dominant tee to green and broken with the putter it's starting to to evolve into a more well-rounded 
you know, skill set. And I like that, obviously. But even as we work down, you want to talk about guys that have had, you know, a good season. Chris Kirk has quietly had a fantastic season and he's perpetually in the mid to lower sevens. You've got JT Poston there. Justin Rose is there. Norrin, Cam Davis, the scorer himself. I don't know if he can avoid the doubles here because he doesn't avoid the doubles at courses where there is no danger. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday i love the sevens though this is going to be i anticipate having builds where it's two big dogs and four of these guys and we call it a day yeah and i mean we get busy uh seventh in strokes game putting on bermuda surfaces as well i mean he puts well on every single surface you get adam hadwin it's not too long of a golf course 7300 top 20 in terms of putting we know he can turn it on with the approach from time to time too He's also not going to have to hit driver absolutely everywhere. I mean, if he can just be confident and get the ball in play, I don't care if he's going to be negative off the tee. He's never going to be positive off the tee, but he's so good with the irons and the putter that I think that there's an opportunity to get there. My boy, GT Poston. I mean, this is just another phenomenal spot to just be peppering the range. And I'm curious, the one guy I wanted to ask you about, because I'm not sure what to do with him, but signs are kind of pointing me in his direction again. Alex Norin, are we doing that? So Noren's a guy that it's been a little tricky. I, I really had a good run with him early in the year and it's regressed, but I, I'm going to stick with this. And I, I think it's always uh, important to kind of be firm with some of your convictions in PGA. Cause it's such a high variant sport. I really believe that some of these guys are getting a raw deal because of their recent form. And Alex Noren's recent form is the PGA championship, the Memorial, the U S open and the Scottish. Mm-hmm. That's brutal like uh, that's a stretch that i can forgive no matter how you play before that things that are more comparable to what we're talking about here fifth at honda 26th at players 12th at valsport 42nd at heritage and 12th at byron nelson i'm good with that i'm fine with noren i prefer that it plays more difficult for him but i think that he is in play obviously aaron wise who i i briefly mentioned i just want to throw it out there fantastic yeah yeah, fantastic Uh, he's quack quack by default yeah, love wise. Uh, yeah, Shout Denny McCarthy Oregon. is the best putter. Um, I don't know if I really want to go there this week. He's just not doing a lot, and now the can I the, can I give you my theory on this on this please. Denny McCarthy thing? I'm starting to see a little bit of what, and this is this is so intrinsic. Like this is this isn't by any way something I can throw out there, but there are certain golf courses where you're going to see Denny McCarthy feel like he's safe because there's no water like the memorial was kind of an outlier he lost 3.6 like off the tee but he gained 2.1 with the approach but i'm talking approach and off the tee like wyndham rocket mortgage miscut miscut like if he's not spiking it and with the putter he's seriously going to bury a lot of your teams any given week like those are the two worst putting weeks he's had all year long and then you get to something like the Travelers. There was enough water lurking there. He lost 4.1 with the approach. A uh, number of spots where you're you're hitting into, especially on that back nine, spots where you could just see him make one or two bad swings. And he gets penalized way more than the average guy because he can't gain anymore with the putter. Like, it's hard for him to go beyond the realm of getting more than five strokes gain putting because then he would be making, like, 30-footers, 40-footers routinely, and that's just never going to happen. So, like, the ceiling is completely capped on him in a way where if he isn't playing a golf course, like the U.S. Open this year, there was no water at that golf course whatsoever. The Memorial, other than, like, three spots where uh, on the on the back nine, you have, like, approaches that par three, you have the creek running through on whatever hole that is, there's not a ton of water that is that is waiting for him here. At the St. Jude at this golf course, I think there is serious issues if Denny McCarthy is not gaining three or four with the approach because he's just dead off the tee. Yeah, I mean, Denny McCarthy, he always putted incredible. The problem was it didn't matter because his tee to green game was, was just not competitive. 
Then he started to get that to be average, and we saw the results. Now it's regressed. So I don't really see it. To me, this is where the drop-off occurs. After Norn mm-hmm. and Cam Davis, it starts to thin out. I mean, you've got Brendan Steele at flat seven. Grio is there uh, at flat seven, if you want to go with a guy in terms of his just pure ball striking. The thing I'd caution about Grio, you look at these results, second at the John Deere miscut at the Open, no one cares about that. Second at the 3M. He gained four strokes putting in both of those events. That is a miracle. And I don't know how you bank on that. Uh, I just had to go in and bet Minnesota Twins futures as much as I could. Tim Anderson out four to six weeks with a hand ligament issue. Uh, boom. Click. Done. I bet against fun. the Twins today, actually. Oh, you're Little a jerk. Back. You're a jerk of a human being. But uh, Scott Stallings, again, What? Well, I'm just saying, Scott Stallings, we're just going to keep playing him, right? I don't think I was ever playing him, but why weren't you? I said I, play him I last. Got a lot week. of problems. Tie um, thirteen. Uh, you do have problems, and and Scott Stallings is one. So it's there one. you go. It's not the T eight, T four, T ten, T thirteen. These are all things I like. I like winning golf tournaments. I like you know putting myself in contention in GPPs. So there you go. Scott Stallings, an absolute buy at seventy one hundred. I hope that I hope that we can kind of get away from some of the ownership that he's had the last. Two weeks for oh, well, fine. last week out of the middle of nowhere, seven percent. Give me all the Scott Stallings and all the land. I like him a lot more than Munoz, a lot more than Denny McCarthy. Identical ownership. That's hilarious to me that people would want to play them the same based on what we've seen. Um, but I, I, I feel like I always play Scott Stallings. He's just a guy who can spike upside any given week, and now we've seen it four weeks in a row. So recent form looks really, really good playing these type of golf courses. Bermuda, uh, all looks well with me with Scott Stallings. It's all irons. It checks out. He's just playing good. Sub 10%. It's a pretty thin range. I don't, I don't really have a lot to combat it. I don't know how often I'll land there to be honest, but the everything looks pretty solid and and the tools behind the paywall, I think are going to mirror that. And I will say, of course, you guys know this, you've been with us for quite a while, but we've got a lot of new viewers. If you are looking to take your PGA game to the next level, or you say, you know what? I play a lot of sports. Get access. Come on in to the Stochastic Plus, all the tools, all the content that we have for all these sports. We're talking about the ownership, the projections, lineup builder, Discord, all those type of things. And of course, if you're going to do it, why not save money? Get 50% off your first week of Stochastic Plus Pass with the promo code PGA Strategy Show. Put it in Sharpie. I know that that is right because I'm reading it and it's on the screen. That makes it a lot easier. Even I can do that. Come try it out. NFL, college football, these things are coming quickly. It is a great time to join. We are really confident that you're going to stick around. That's why we're offering the discount. We want you guys to get a taste of it, not have to put in that full amount. And then we hope that you stick around and join that community as so many have. So a great, great thing there. Let's talk about the sixes because there's names. I mean, Leishman's down here. Wyndham Clark, Aaron Rye, Brandon Wu, other various people. Uh, How do you go about it? How often do you think you're going into the sixes? I don't know. I feel like my Brandon Wu call last week went pretty well for the people at 1%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not bad 15% at all. Brandon Wu. I'm just saying. I thought he, there was like no way he wasn't going to work out optimal. I think he still did. I'm not sure actually if he ended up in the quote unquote optimal lineup, but he was. If you uh, met that, that that's oh. a good ticket to cash. Not that I yeah. did, but. I did. I just played 15% of him in GPPs or something. I think it was like 15% at 1%. Um, but yeah, then there's Aaron Rye next to him. And I'd rather play Aaron Rye this week. So what do oh, I know? Okay. Um, I'm catching up on chat. The fake news that's going on. I mean to you. Get get out of here. I'm, you're so mean I, to me. That is Everybody's mean to me. I also read your everyone in all caps as the Gary Oldman from Lyon, which I just watched the other day. Um <laughs> So there you Gary go. Gary Oldman, such a talent. I feel like nobody knows. Like, would you see a lot of people wouldn't recognize Gary Oldman if it weren't for Batman? Like, that's the only yeah. thing people know Gary Oldman from. Commissioner Gordon. I know him as the crazy guy from The Professional. Like I said, I, I respect the hell out of you for being able to do that. See, you're not so mean after all. Josh confirmed mean. Um, yeah, but very mean. Not he's a very mean person. <laughs> very mean in general. Uh, can we talk Brendan Todd? Because this is this is the guy that I don't want to have in my portfolio that's showing up a lot in my portfolio and it has everything to do with the putter. I think like Bermuda putting, I just talk me out of playing Brandon Todd because right now I do think Brandon Wu after last week, uh, it's not showing up right now, but I can guarantee you it's coming because it always happens when somebody plays well, like last week, 
I bet he gets to like four or five percent. You can kind of pick and choose your spots down here. There's really nobody that's quote unquote stands out to me outside of Callum Terran, who I'm definitely going to be over the field on at one percent. Um, but KH Lee, you could make a case for Brandon Wu, you could make the case for. I'm landing on more Aaron Rye because I think long term. He's just a buy, uh, somebody that I think from a ball striking perspective can really start to get something out of rounds. Uh, my boy Jesse and I just going back and forth about our Aaron Rye lamenting life, uh, whatever. Uh, Andrew Bond Lahiri, not going to be probably going that direction. But I think there's a lot of cases for guys, but they're all pretty thin. You can kind of just dealer's choice whomever. I'd agree. Uh, I think this is where skill set stacks become important. Good like if, and how hard you think the course is. So like Brendan Todd, I think it was pretty clear that if you're putting a stress, I mean, off the tee, forget it. Even with the approach, I think that's pretty weak. He's going to have to do it all with the putter. If you think that maybe it turns into some type of, of target practice, well, someone like KH Lee at times has really shown the ability to do that. And he's really improved his putter. The irons can come and go with a guy like that. It's just fitting. And then a guy like Brandon Wu, I think would help if it is easy. Uh, as we work down, it's just, I think you said dealer's choice. You're not going to have to worry about ownership. You're choosing best available. I would I would reference kind of, are you looking for upside or are you looking for a guy just to to make the cut? Now you need him to climb no matter what, but some of these guys I think are a little more boom bust than others. Yeah, uh, that's probably the right way of saying it. Uh, like my boy, Bo Hostler, like good luck to me. I, I'm not going to play Bo Hostler this week. I like everybody. Patrick Rogers. As usual, Patrick but... Rogers is an all right call. Yeah. I mean, just a bolster. Let's. On it. I like oh, that list. That's a okay. good list. Jaeger, I mean, that he played well last week, so that's cool. Um, Neesmith, that's all right. I would rather play Luke List, I think, at 6,500. Um, I know he's really been bad his last three events. Well, two of them were overseas, but we're just talking about a guy who, amongst everybody sub-7K and probably under 8K, with the exception of Keegan Bradley, the best ball striker, period, out of everybody, it's just he's so incompetent with a flat stick. He'd be better off like switch switch left handed, like do something because off the tee, everything you're looking at for him is bright green across the board. Strokes gain top ten, strokes gain approach top ten. We're talking top ten in this entire field, and he's sixty five hundred. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to be buying into some shares and like he won't be in, like in a three max team. There's no way I could stomach something like that. But in one fifty, I feel like he's always a guy that I'm just going to have five ten percent of any golf tournament where he's going to be 1%. Yeah. I mean, again, you're going to be able to take some flyers. Certainly uh, yeah, Svensson just got brought up. I see that. And if we didn't get, you know, live before lock tomorrow, eight Eastern, we're going to dive in deep. Me and Jeff Ulrich about these guys, the tee times, some of what we can do if we really go aggressive up top. But my last thing before we bounce on out of here, <laughs> you got Bo Hostler at 61. What about Schwab? He is also 61 He's gained on the approach in five straight events. In his last three events, strokes game putting, minus four, minus 1.5, minus 6.8 at Wyndham when he gained 4.2 strokes tee to green. I don't know uh, if he can ever turn it around with the putter, but it, it can't get much worse. 61, I'm considering it. See, for me, the whole thing with Bo Hostler is he can put the lights out of it from yeah. time to time, and generally he's good off the tee. That's that's kind of the ingredients. Yeah. Screw it. I'm going to have some... Bo Hostler's my boy. Like, this is this Bob's is the eternal boy. buy. Never mind. I'm going to play a little bit of him. Uh, Max McGreevy might be the, like, very bottom end of the board guy coming off of last week. From the clouds, puts up a T5. Uh, I don't think that that's any way indicative of what we're going to see from him, but yeah, he no. basically buoyed like three starts into status for next year. He got a second at Puerto Rico, a 13th at the Barbasol, and that fifth at the Wyndham. I mean, I have no idea how he's even here. Like, this is just wild that he even got there. Again, there's no way that you're going to be playing like even 5% of this dude, but like if he showed up in a share or two, and he just rode the momentum, can keep putting well in Bermuda. Screw it. Max McGreevy, 6K flat. Yeah, give me Schwab over that guy. But boy. again, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out, of course. And we have one more day until we have to lock in these lineups. But again, guys, it's always a good time. Just getting you set for what should be a really interesting FedEx Cup St. Jude Championship. If you're watching, again, thanks for the support. You want to hit that like button on the way out? It does us a great deal of usefulness and we really do appreciate it but for me for eric for tyler behind the glass and for everyone here at stochastic 
We're going to bounce on out of here. Plenty of content coming up this afternoon. You know what we've got on this very channel. So for all of us, good luck. Enjoy the day. Talk to you guys soon. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday new on curiosity stream how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production could napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future and how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet james burke's visionary series connections returns for a new generation experience all new connections with monthly annual and bundled plans find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com